The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good morning, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is promoter and owner of New, Ho- New Ohio Wrestling and former pro wrestler Donnie Hoover. How's it going, Donnie? Oh, I'm doing real good. How are you doing? Pretty good. So what have you been up to lately? I'm just running around like a crazy man trying to get ready for the Arnold. Yeah. that coming up next weekend. All right, let's talk about a little bit about the Arnold. Um, you bring New Ohio Wrestling there every year at the Arnold. Uh, how did that become to be, and what type of show do you do at the Arnold? Uh, yeah, this is actually our second year, but um, we've been real happy with the, the feedback we're getting from them from now. Uh, it happened with, uh, by chance, um, I partnered with Kickmaster Football uh, a couple years ago, and I met them, and, and uh, we start, I started doing wrestling shows at their facility in Grove City. And uh, just by chance, they had already been at the Arnold Kids and Teens Expo doing their uh, football and their soccer dartboard and all that stuff. So they talked to Lee, who runs the Kids and Teens Expo, and asked if they were interested in wrestling. And she said, absolutely. And one thing led to another. And uh, last year, we shared half a space with Kickmaster and just as a way to get our foot in the door to kind of prove ourselves. And... Uh, Ironically, at the last meeting we had there, one of the media guys for them said that they just expected us to have like a little ring up where kids and teens got in there and like played around, and they didn't realize we were going to do a four-out, 16-hour wrestling event, and uh, they were just blown away by it. Uh, everybody loved it. We got great feedback, and uh, they, they asked us to come back again this year, and they gave us our own space. It's a bigger space, probably twice the size, and uh, we're just going from there. Uh, and what we do, uh, we have two fantasy camps. We partnered with uh, Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy, and we do two wrestling fantasy camps. And if anybody's interested, they can sign up for that at uh, opwa.com or copwa.com, sorry. And uh, they can get signed up for that. And then we do what we've named the Anarchy at the Arnold Tournament. And that is a uh, 16-man round-robin tournament. There's two groups. And each wrestler wrestles each other one time, and we score on a point system, two points for a win, one for a a draw, zero for a loss, just kind of like the G1 and uh, New Japan. And uh, the winner of Group A and the winner of Group B at the end of the tournament wrestle each other to see who wins the tournament. Hey, that's pretty awesome as well. One guy I'm rooting for, and I hope he wins it all and takes the title, and that's Dark Star Matt Taylor. Yeah, Darkstar is one of our top guys. He's a fantastic wrestler, fantastic uh, person. And he is actually, he won't actually be in the Anarchy at the Arnold tournament. He is actually going to be in a different tournament, which is our first one. And it is a four man tournament for what we're crowning the Arnold Sports World Kids and Teens Expo champion. And uh, it'll be two matches, two guys, you know, wrestle two guys. And the winner of those two matches will wrestle each other. And the winner of those that match will become the very first Arnold uh, Sports World Champion. Does that come with a beautiful belt? Yes, it does. Yeah, we had a, a belt made specifically for that. That we're going it's going to be defended every year at the Arnold, and also outside of the Arnold, we're going to defend it in our, on our other events as well. And yeah, the belt turned out great. It's a beautiful, beautiful belt. I can't wait to look at that beautiful title and be able to hold it and get a picture with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For That's sure. going to be awesome. Speaking of, since you, um, what decided you to become a promotion owner of New Ohio Wrestling? How did you uh, build a New Ohio Wrestling? How did that come to be? Uh, well, I, I used to wrestle back in the day. I was a professional wrestler myself back in 97 to early 2000s. And then I kind of had to like walk away uh, due to injuries and, and family life. We were growing a family, my wife and I, and uh, so I needed to be a responsible dad, I guess you could say. And then uh, just after years of being away, I just really started missing it. There was just something you know missing in our lives, and, and both of us could tell. And we just kind of started hunting around, and and I was you know I kept making comments about I'm about to start my own wrestling promotion. You know I need to get back into it. You know this and that, and and my wife was the one that kind of you know, made the final, you know, made the final uh, decision, 
and was pretty much just telling me if I want to do it, just to get off my butt and do it then. So uh, I actually met with three other guys that I'd worked with in the past, and we all sat down at the table and started throwing the what-ifs around, and, and I had a couple meetings, got a game plan together, and we just went for it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's a promotion. We run it out of our out of our house. <laughs> yeah, we don't have no big fancy building or anything like that, no school yet, which we plan on. But, um, and, yeah, that's how it all started, just sitting at the kitchen table at our home. So you run it out of your home. That has to be interesting, and I bet it gets, like, packed and crowded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can't, it can't fit a lot of people in here. But, uh, yeah, like, the everyday everyday operations are just ran out of the home. Uh, we don't have our own office or our own, our own facility yet. Um, people's reached out to us to ask us if we are planning on it because, you know, they want to, you know, training. We've had people ask us about training and stuff, and we always refer them to uh, James Avery and his guys over at the Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy. But, uh, yeah, down the road, the goal is to have our own facility and uh, have a full-time operation going. That is the goal. That's pretty good as well. And you have James Avery as a trainer as well. He's a great talent in the ring, too. Yes, yes. He's a great talent in the ring. And uh, him and Chad and Sam, they are his uh, partners in the training, and they do a fantastic job. They uh, have a lot of great guys coming out of their camp. And we actually use probably half of our roster or more is, is James Avery guys. That's pretty good as well. And let's talk about the pro wrestling side where you became a professional wrestler. What got Donnie Hoover to become a professional wrestler? Uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, actually. (laughs) Back when I was a kid, my uh, parents used to go to my aunt and uncle's house every Saturday night to play cards, and I had to go with them. And uh, so I'd always sit in the living room and watch Georgia Championship Wrestling while they played cards and had their at their time and I just became fascinated with it. I've always been a heel guy. I've always, I, I took to the four, the original four horsemen, like immediately loved them. And, uh, just ever since then, I've always wanted to do it. And, uh, I was just sitting at my mom and dad's house one day and a commercial for a wrestling school came on the TV. And I just kind of looked over at my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. And I just kind of looked over at my wife and I guess I had that look on my face, and she was like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> so, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, so uh, do you remember your first ever match, and did you have goosebumps, and what were you feeling at that time? Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely had goosebumps. Uh, it was very nerve-wracking. Um, I just, I, you know, I kind of just went out there and did my thing. My first match, I, you know, wasn't the best. I made a lot of mistakes. It was against Roadblock, uh, Max Mayhem. And uh, he, he helped, you know, get me ready and all that as well. And uh, I don't think I did too terrible, but I wasn't happy with it because I'm kind of a perfectionist. I like to try to do everything to the best of my ability. But, um, yeah, and he's, he was like, he was like very powerful guy. He's twice my size, and I'm a big guy myself. And, uh, yeah, it was a very painful but appreciative experience. You know, I loved every second of it. I'm also, you got in the ring with uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker as well. What was that like wrestling the Superfly? Yeah, it was it was a blast. It was happening in Cleveland. And, uh, yeah, it was very fun. It was a kind of a short match. And, uh, you know, he was very kind. He, yeah, he talked to me. Uh, yeah, it got me pumped up and got me motivated. And got, got the nerves shook off so I wasn't as nervous because, you know, you're – you're just a guy from you know Columbus, Ohio, and you're going to step in the ring with Jimmy Superfly Snooker. You're going to have the butterflies, obviously. And uh, yeah, we went out there, and you know, like I said, it was a quick five or six minute match, and it, it turned out great. And uh, we had a great time, and and uh, he thanked me for it at the end, and uh, so I couldn't have been happier. Yeah, um, you're also known for uh, wrestling in a lot of hardcore matches. And uh, especially over at another great promotion, um, IWA Mid South, um, where they have a lot of great wrestling, hardcore, and you know death matches as well. What was some of your most memorable matches at IWA Mid South? Oh yeah, uh, easily uh, the most memorable ones for me were, were with Ian and Axel. Uh, I did one match with Axel Rotten at the King of the Deathmatch tournament. So it was a barbed wire salt death match. And that was a lot of fun. He was he was so cool. He was great to work with. Uh, same with Ian. Uh, yeah, I, I have you know nothing but respect for Ian. He's he, I've wrestled him numerous times and numerous hardcore matches, weapons matches, and everything. And 
and he was nothing but professional the whole time and and uh yeah the hardcore thing i kind of just got into by accident and uh I, i'm into horror and and like haunted houses and stuff like that so uh just kind of you know the bloody matches kind of just took to me and i got in there and started doing them and and uh i just kind of stuck but um yeah, I mean, they, like again, those were some painful matches, but I wouldn't trade them for anything. They were they were pretty they were pretty cool. And what were some of your greatest feuds in the ring that you had great chemistry with as well? Uh, probably two right off the top of my head. Greatest feuds was uh, the Hot Commodity, Matt Mason and Sherman Tank. Uh, yeah, I wrestled them. I also had you know feuds with Roadblock again and uh, Marcus Dillon. Uh, he ended up becoming my partner later on down the road. But, yeah, Matt Mason and Sherman Tank, uh, I can't even tell you how many times we've wrestled each other and feuded. And, and uh, We always, you know, worked our butts off, put, all, put out a good product, and and uh, we always seem to be able to do that. Yeah, Sherman Tank is a beast, man. I'm surprised you got in the ring with him. He's just a beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he uh, knocked me silly one time. Uh, he hit me with a spine buster once and, and gave me a concussion and, and I still get teased about it today because I was like laying in the ring and I, for some reason I just started saying I see Goofy like I started literally seeing Disney characters floating in the air and uh, yeah he, I still get teased about that today but yeah he is a hard hitting uh, high impact guy and uh, yeah but he's a blast to work he's so fun to work and uh, like I said I'm, I'm older and fatter now but I'd, I'd get in there with him right now if I could I would pay to see you get back into the ring again, maybe do another hardcore match. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's less painful to stand outside and in the back and, and go that route. <laughs> and uh, besides the hardcore blade matches you've done as well, you've done also a lot of regular matches as well, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of my regular matches in, yeah, were with um, Matt Mason and Sherman Tank, and uh, they didn't do the hardcore too much. Um, yeah, more of my hardcore stuff was, you know, with Mid-South and then just oddball, you know, spots here and there. But, um, yeah, like with uh, Matt Mason, Sherman Tank, Marcus Dillon, uh, Trevor Lowe, uh, DDK, uh, like all those guys, you know, they are, which I, I'd only tagged against DDK once, but, um, yeah, all those kind of guys, I just did the basic regular matches and, and those were fun too. Uh, CO Hustler, Big Country, you know, those were two guys that I did a lot of work with. And uh, they were really fun. I'll tell you something. I wouldn't want to get in the ring with Big Country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, uh, he's like another one, another big, powerful guy, high impact. And uh, for some odd reason, that was kind of the style I took to. I mean, I, I couldn't get on the top ropes and do the flip stuff, but I worked good with the, with the guys, the high flyers. And I worked good with pretty much any style, but I was the more, you know, the high impact hard-hitting kind of guys. Uh, they, for some reason, I just took to those kind of matches better, the high-impact, you know, that make people just, you know, God dang, was that really real? Or, you know, you know, like, that looked like that hurt like heck. <laughs> and that's just kind of, you know, the kind of matches I, I like. I bet it is. And how did the fans uh, react to you every time you got in the ring? Did you have um, some cool fans, and did you ever have some weird fans? Oh, yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I, I, I was generally a heel the whole time but you know i kind of got into this uh section where i was doing more comedy like i had this thing called the dorsey horsey where i would i would take my belt and rub it up and down the the guy's butt and then i would like ride him like a horse and smack him on the butt and like for some reason people loved that and they would chant dorsey horsey and and uh even though i tried to you know be a heel and stuff like that it kind of sometimes it didn't work and uh and, but yeah, I did a lot of the comedy stuff. Yeah, I did. I did this thing called the Shocker. I mean, I did a lot of weird stuff that I would never do now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like where I did like like I was giving somebody the Shocker in the middle of the ring, just yeah, just just craziness. But uh, for some reason, you know, I did it thinking that people were going to get mad at me because I was doing it to their to their guy. But they were the total opposite. They uh, kind of took to it and was like chanting for it, stuff like that. But. Um, so, yeah, like I said, but there was also times where, you know, we've had, my wife has had to sneak me out of the back of, of events because there was actual fans, like, waiting in the parking lot to jump me and attack me and stuff. And uh, she's had to do that a couple times. So it's kind of like both sides of the spectrum. I've had a lot, of, a lot of people waiting for me to sign autographs and tell me how funny and great I was and other guys waiting to 
you know, beat me up. So it's kind of, you know, both ends of the stick, I guess. Hey, that's pretty cool as well, how you had fans that wanted to really jump you out out in the parking lot and all that. You were doing your job good as a hill, man. You hardly ever, you hardly ever see that type of story with hills. It seems like in indie wrestling today, there's really not that many hills out there. Everybody wants to to be just a baby face. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, nowadays it's kind of different than when I was doing it back in late nineties, early two thousands. And uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, it happened a couple times. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it always makes you nervous. But I, I loved it. I was like, I can't believe these guys are out here waiting, <laughs> waiting to jump me. I was like, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> but, I bet your wife didn't think that was awesome. She's probably going like this. Come on, we better get out of here. I don't want to see you get hurt. And also, how supportive was your wife when you uh, told her that you wanted to be a pro wrestler? Oh, she's been with me from day one. Um, she's supported me. I mean, we've had our we've had our fights about it, you know, throughout the years. But um, but uh, yeah, she supported me from day one. I started going to school and and uh, getting trained and working with guys, learning you know, as much as I could. And uh, she was right there with me. She would, you know, be on the sh- on the shows with us. She would she would never got in the ring or did any kind of manager work, but she was always like running a camera, you know, playing the entrance music, doing the you know mic for the, the ring announcer, helping in the back, you know, concessions. And uh, yeah, she's always, but yeah, she's she's been in the business just as long as I have. And uh, yeah, she's always in there getting her hands dirty, doing the doing the grunt work. Hey, that's a good lady to have right there, man. Oh yeah, yeah. She she puts her heart into it, and I said she and she's kind of the same way. She's kind of laid back and calm, but when it's when it's show day and it's time to get busy, she's just like she's just business, and she's out there doing what she needs to do, and she'll she'll mingle with the crowd and the fans, you know, love her, and she'll take pictures and play with the kids and and talk to the talk to the parents, and yeah, she's out there doing her thing, and then uh, if any of us any of us big mean guys get it, get out of line, she's the first one to jump on us and put us back in our place so that's yeah it's kind of the thing you need back there you need somebody to be able to do that to you oh shoot i don't even know your wife and i'd be afraid to mess with her (laughs) (laughs) well you'll see her next week i know she'll probably be like oh so this is robin from wrestle podcast (laughs) (laughs) um also speaking earlier in the podcast as well you're a big fan of horror what got you into uh, horror, um, and uh, what's your favorite horror film of all time? And then uh, from there, what decided you to uh, get your own haunted attraction in Columbus called The Trail of Tormented Terror? Yeah, um, I, I loved horror ever since I was a kid, just like with wrestling. Uh, how it happened at first, I, I didn't like it. I was afraid of anything like that. And uh, oddly enough, my my father, um, he was uh, took me to the movies. We took the whole family to the movies, and I didn't even think about it. I was under the assumption we was going to go watch a kid movie, and uh, we ended up going to watch One Dark Night. I think it was eighties, nineteen eighties, or eighty six. It came out, and it was called One Dark Night. And I had like a fit. I melted down, and yeah, and he basically toughened me up, told me to get in there and watch the movie, quit being a sissy. And, you know, as a kid, you were terrified of that kind of thing, you know. So, I, But I, I went in there and I watched it. And just from the first five minutes, I was just fascinated. And and at the end of the night, at the end of the movie, I was hooked. And, I mean, I had the adrenaline pump and I wanted to watch another one. And it just went on from there. And i just been hooked with, you know, horror and stuff like that ever since. And, uh, my yeah, Friday the 13th, Jason, that's my guy. You know, I'm a, I'm a Jason guy. And I always have been in high school. You know, a lot of my high school friends called me Voorhees. As that was my nickname. They called me Voorhees because they knew how much I loved Friday the Thirteenth movies. And uh, yeah, just with the trail, uh, I have friends that are in the haunt industry here, local in Columbus. And they worked at the Scaratorium, and they worked at the uh, the one at the at the Columbus Clippers Cooper Stadium. They worked at that one, and then they had you know, their own own home haunt. And uh, so I, I volunteered with them a little bit at Scaratorium and the home haunt. And uh, the weird thing about haunted houses that we always say, like, if you're the kind of person that if you have a wife or your kids and you hear them coming into the kitchen and you kind of hide around the corner and when they, they walk into the kitchen, you jump out and scare them and, and laugh. If, if you do that kind of stuff, you would, you would love to be a haunted house actor. That's, you know, how we, that's how we uh, you know, determine if you'd like it or not, pretty much. 
But uh, yeah, just oddly enough, I went to Kickmaster because that's where the trail is. We do our wrestling events at Kickmaster and our haunted trail is at Kickmaster. And uh, I just went in there one day uh, to talk to Bob and Debbie about uh, booking another wrestling date and then getting another event going. And it was it was like August, and we just started joking about um, you know haunted haunted attraction, haunted house, and how he wanted to. He was thinking about putting like scarecrows out on the football course, so when people played football, you know there'd be like stuff out there to scare them, for, like Halloween decorations. And I mentioned, you know, you know, there's buddies of mine that are in the haunt industry that are real well known, uh, real good at what they do, and they are in between haunts because the Scaratorium was sold to Thirteen uh, Floor, and uh, they were like, well, yeah, well, let's do one here, and. Uh, you know, one thing led to another. We went out, looked at the woods, you know, measured some things out. I contacted uh, my buddy Keith Newsom, uh, one of the best haunters in the business, if you ask me. I mean, the man's fantastic at what he does. And he was on board right away. He's like, yep, let's do it. We can do it. And uh, then I got, you know, a couple guys. Uh, we just basically just grabbed some axes and grabbed some clippers and just started at the beginning of the woods and just dug in. And uh, the whole haunt, it's an outdoor haunt. It's all hand-built. We built everything by hand. Dug out the woods, you know, by hand. Built the, the scenes by hand. And uh, it's really a good time. Uh, David Stockwell, your friend David Stockwell, has actually been there. And he thought it was fantastic. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. So that's my haunt story. <laughs> hey, that's that's pretty good as well. Um, since you're, like, in the horror and haunts and all that, I know you have a twisted mind, so don't lie. Oh, yeah. so um when you like became a wrestler since you were a fan of horror did you ever think about you know mixing uh part of wrestling and part of horror into your gimmick um yeah that's kind of what i was doing with like the hardcore stuff because you know and and people that know me when i do the hardcore i was known to bleed a lot you know like you know, I, when I bled, it was, you know, a lot of big amount, and there was, like, always blood. My whole face was usually always covered and, and dripping everywhere. And so that kind of was my way of adding to it and, use, you know, using weapons on people in weird ways and just stuff like that. But, um, yeah, and I actually have this concept called Wrestle Horror that I'm working on. Okay. And Which the, yeah, the final goal is I'm going, I'm going to try to start a podcast myself here. To where we go on and talk about wrestling and talk about you know horror films and the haunted attraction industry and uh, i'm in the process of getting that all set up and done and but like our long-term end goal is to have uh, a giant facility with one side is new ohio wrestling the other side is a haunted attraction that's our long-term end goal uh but yeah right now we're happy with where we're at you know new ohio wrestling and our haunted outdoor haunted trail is a lot of fun and there's you know plans to continue on with that yeah, and then just look for whatever happens down the road. Yeah, and I better be one of your guests on your horror wrestle uh, podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, you're in. All right, I can't wait because I love to talk about horror and wrestling as well. And then I also have another love too. Um, everybody knows is um, I have the love for comics. So horror, wrestling, and comics are my pride and joy. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you got to love it, man. And like I said. Oh, yeah. This is such a this is such a fun podcast, uh, you know, having you on as well. So, uh, Donnie, where can um, everybody find you on social media if they want to know what's going on with New Hole Ohio Wrestling or even follow your ventures and your twisted horror mind? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, our, for uh, New Ohio Wrestling, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, the Twitter or the Instagram and Facebook is just New Ohio Wrestling. And Twitter is New Ohio Wrestling. It's without the G. And uh, we have a, for the trail. It's trail. Of, it's the Trail of Tremented Terror, and it's located in Grove City. And uh, we're on. We're just on Facebook, I believe, at the moment for that. But uh, we have a website called TrailTormentedTerror.com that we're that we're working on. And and uh, I'm actually in the process of building. Me and a buddy of mine are in the process of building the New Ohio Wrestling.com website. Uh, we're not. 100% there yet, but we're almost there, and we hope to have that up and going and launched before next week at the Arnold. 
Oh, that'd be pretty awesome. Looking forward to that. And like I said um, about our friend David Stockwell, I'm coming up with him, uh, you know, next Friday and Saturday. And this is going to be my first Arnold Classic ever. I mean, it's such a great show. And also, it's going to be um, my first time ever checking out some uh, new Ohio wrestling, which is a shocker for me because um, you follow me on Facebook and see me going to all these different, you know, promotions and adventures and all that. And, you know, I'm so excited to see what new Ohio wrestling is all about. And recently um, I had, you know, Dark Star uh, Matt Taylor on as well. And he's like, dude, you got to uh, <laughs> come and check out new Ohio wrestling. And then um, my other friend who's going to be there wrestling there, too, is uh, Eric Fallen, who's going to be take, <laughs> taking on the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah that's one of his matches. He's actually in the... Uh 16-man round-robin tournament, so uh, Eric Fallon will actually be wrestling, you know, a lot, probably seven, eight matches. Oh, I know. He'll probably be tired. Um, when I was talking to <laughs> when I was talking to Matt Taylor, he was telling me about that too. Of all the matches he did, where he only got like two hours of sleep, and I'm sitting going, "Man, you're a tough guy, just only getting two hours of sleep since you were doing oh, yeah. doing the Arnold and then going to another show, coming back. That's just crazy." Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely. Uh taxing on a person you know, you're there all day both days and uh, which i'll actually be there uh thursday we start setting up thursday but um it, it's just 16 hours non-stop you know some people do some stuff and then they take an hour or two break you know this and that but we don't it's you know we got our fantasy camps we got our two tournaments and uh, the guys you know they go in there and bust their butts they you know they put a lot of a lot of work in a lot of hard work well, we appreciate you know the people we work with so much I and mean, without Without the talent and without the people behind the scenes, you know, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. And uh, it's definitely taxing on their bodies. And uh, but they they seem to love it. And I know I would if I was still able to get in there and and get to work. You know, I'd be I'd be all over it. I think that'd be something fantastic to do. I think so as well. And um, I wanted to come up with David on Thursday to, to help you guys set up, just you know, give a hand. But I couldn't get off work that day to do that, man. I would have loved yeah. to came. I would have loved to came up and helped you, you guys set up the ring and all that great stuff. But you know, I'll be up there Friday and Saturday. So <laughs> there you go. I totally understand. Uh, like I say you always got the state fair. You- Help set up for that. <laughs> hey, you let me know when that state fair is, and I'll come up with uh, Stockwell, and I'll definitely you know help you guys set up and stuff, man. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The the, the, the fair show is August the third and August the second. Okay. Uh, yeah, August the second. We're gonna we're gonna be there setting up around ten a.m. and then we're gonna do a little something, some you know, a little event from one to three, just to yeah, get in there and get everything warmed up. But the big event is gonna be August the third, Saturday night, from seven to eleven. And uh, we'll have probably a good, you know, it's going to be probably roughly 10 matches or so. And uh, it'll be our first time at the Ohio State Fair, so we're pretty excited about that as well. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Good for you. And Donnie, thank you so much for, you know, taking your time out of your busy schedule during the weekend to share your story and coming on to uh, Wrestle Popcast. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. I'm definitely going to have to have you on again. Um, I also have a paranormal podcast. Maybe I'll have you on. We can talk about the paranormal. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. And you can follow my episodes at Wrestle Popcast at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, PodcastCity.net, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And you can follow me at Twitter at WPopCast1 and at Facebook at WrestlePopCast. And everybody have a great weekend. Hey, this is professional wrestler Cole Cabana. And one thing I would never do is hit the marks, which is weird because you're listening to Hitting the Marks. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Popcast. And you can follow Wrestle Popcast at Podcast City Network at podcastcity.net and also at Wrestle Popcast on Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and you can follow me at Facebook at Russell Popcast and on Twitter at WPopcast1. And my special guest tonight is, he is the son of badass Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn. How's it going? What's up, man? What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's going pretty well. I just 
flew in from New Orleans. I just did a thing for Wildcat Sports, and I'm resting up, and then I leave in the morning to go to Louisville for OVW. So I don't have that much time, but I'm I'm just hitting the road. So you're heading over to OVW over there in Louisville, huh? Yes, I am for Al Snow. Yep, me and my dad have, I think we have an appearance to do or something like that. I, I think I get to meet a professional soccer team, I think that's what he said earlier. And then I think I have a show on Wednesday for them, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. I'm just trying to take as much as I can right now and learn as much as I can. So I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. You'll probably also learn from old Rip Rogers over there. Yeah, I heard. The last time I was at OBW, he wasn't there. But um, hopefully he'll be there this time. And I'll get to meet him and that's pretty knowledge from him. Yeah, yeah. He knows a lot. And also this past Saturday, you were in a four-way match. How did that go for you? That was amazing. I mean, I got to train with the Wildcats and um, the Wildcat Sports, all of them, the entire week going into there. So I was there from Monday through Friday, just kind of training and staying in the zone a little bit. I got to work with Luke Hawks, and he taught me a lot of things over there, and I'm super appreciative of that. And then on Saturday, I had a four-way, and I got to wrestle his son. So that was just another opportunity in itself. Because he's also a second-generation wrestler, PJ Hawks, and it was just super, it was awesome. I, I, the crowd was just so live that they were getting me super excited. It was their seventh anniversary show. It was awesome. I think the whole experience was just really cool to be there and be a part of that, especially at this time in my career, kind of just up and coming. And it was just, it was cool. It was just an experience, and I'm forever grateful for it, so... That's pretty good as well. Um, since you grew up around the wrestling business, you wanted to be a pro wrestler, but one of the rules before you can do is uh, your parents wanted you to uh, graduate college first. Yes, unfortunately enough, I tried to take the shortcut and go, you know what, I don't think this college thing is for me, but they said, no, you need a degree or we're not helping you. So my mother has been very, very supportive of me just growing up and, and always with school. She's always been hard on me and um, taught me just to be disciplined in myself and do when I went to college I went for a four year scholarship for lacrosse so I was there for lacrosse and just school has never come easy to me my brother on the other hand is just a genius so he got all the book smarts and it just came very natural to him but I've always had to work towards it and um, but I stayed, I stayed disciplined and it, it took me five years to graduate because I changed my major up midway because I grad or I, I majored in business going into it, and I thought that just, it's just what everybody else was doing. It's very general, um, so I got into that at first, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying my classes. And one of my friends, that was a girl at the time, she goes, you're, "You've always had this. You've had this background of working with kids your entire life, and you're so good with kids. Why don't you come major in elementary education? Because that's all we do. We go into the field and." learn how to teach kids and we make a difference so I was like you know what okay so I went to one of her classes one day and I just fell in love I mean I was <laughs> one for the, a pro I was the only guy in all of my classes for four years so that's definitely a pro and then um second I just got to work with kids and that's so much fun because I was good at it and that's what I'm good at so um, finishing up my college career, I had a really good time. I went back to the elementary school that I went to and got to teach for about five months for my senior internship, and it couldn't have gone any better. And I think, I, I don't know, I'm just forever grateful to be able to go to college and get that degree because I think that's just an achievement in its own, especially in the wrestling business. People, some, some people don't get that opportunity. But, yeah, that was my parents' rules to begin with, and they said if you don't get a degree – we're not going to help you. So that's one thing I had to get off the table. And finally, I just graduated. So I'm ready to go. And another cool thing about that as well is uh, you worked with uh, kids with autism. Tell me about that. And do you have any memorable moments? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, so one of my friends growing up, we were always at the beach all the time. We're about 30 minutes from the beach. So we'd always go to the beach. And I live on a lake as well. So we've always we've always been around water and water sports and stuff like that. And one of the things that he got interested in was surfers for autism. And what they do is they travel around to different beaches and, um, 
families that have children with autism, they bring them to this event and starting at five o'clock in the morning and it ends about at 4 p.m. all day, you're there at the venue, they have food, they have games, they have prizes. And the most important thing is you get to take them out in the water and you get to teach them how to surf. So you grab a surfboard and your team grabbed a surfboard. So it was me and my friend Grant. And we went out and we, we became um, uh, instructors. So what that means is we were able to take them out and work with them one-on-one and have conversations with them and teach them hands-on how to surf. So I think one of the coolest moments I ever had working with them um, was I was given this child that their parents came and they go, um, so-and-so has never seen the ocean. He's never been in the ocean. He's never swam before, but we thought this was a really cool opportunity. So he's very nonverbal. So he's never talked to anybody except his parents. So he's very shy. And that's just one of the things that, that he was dealing with. So I was able to take him into the water one-on-one. And while we were out there waiting for a wave, I was just kind of talking to him and I was getting down on his level and, and really just trying to communicate with him and tell him that it's okay. And that we're there to have a good time. And, and finally, after about two waves, he was so good at surfing and he just stand up on the board, just the joy in his face. And when I got him back out in the water to do a third wave, he started talking to me. So that, it seems so small, like if I'm just telling you right now, but being out there and knowing that he's never talked to anybody outside of his parents and he's about nine years old. So it was just very special for me in that moment, just to kind of, you, you kind of get taken back. You, You get super emotional because you're there, you're just there to have a good time with these kids and change their lives or you never know what they'll, they'll take and remember for the rest of their lives. So it was his first time at the beach and, and I, I was given the opportunity to kind of be the first person that he's ever talked to outside of his family members. So that was a truly just a really heart touching moment for me. And that's, that's kind of the, the turning point where I was just like, you know what, this is awesome. Working with kids is so much fun. And then that kind of led into my whole college career. So I'm just forever grateful for that. That was just a cool moment for me. Yeah, that is an awesome story as well. And then after you graduated, so did you finally go up to your dad and say, um, I'm ready to train? So about my junior year, I I think I went up to him and I, I sat him down and I go, listen, um, after I graduate, I don't want to be a teacher as much as I love it and working with kids. I think I'd regret not at least trying the wrestling part. I, was, I don't want to get down the road and be 45 years old and be like, you know what? I wish I would have taken the opportunity given all the, all the resources that I have, given that Billy Gunn's my dad and stuff like that. I just, I didn't want to get down the road and go, you know what? I should have tried it. And I didn't want to have that regret or that doubt. So my mom has always raised me and, and just telling me that she thinks that I would be really, really good at it. And in the back of my mind, I knew... I think I would be really good at it. I had a strong feeling that I would be able to pick it up very well. And I was just born around the business. So I understood both the business aspect of it, the fan aspect of it, just how it all worked. And I don't know, it just over time as I grew up, I kind of just was like, you know what? I, I actually love this business. And I found myself looking at YouTube videos of the old days like the attitude area and and then I started studying film just on my own and then I was like you know what I'm gonna try this so I I found my dad down and I told him I wanted to do it and he goes okay I'll meet you in the ring tomorrow if you really want to do this I'll put you through practice one day and if you like it after that then we'll get this going but you have to graduate first so this was my junior year so after he took me to practice he beat me up for about three hours taught me how to take bumps, taught me the roles, and I just picked it up so fast. When, uh, when he taught me the roles and everything, I, I was just picking it up so fast, and I just fell in love with it even more. Now that I was really in the ring and I was really doing it, I just fell in love with it. So um, from then on out, I was just training once a week. I would go with him, and he would take me to the ring and kind of introduced me to it but he wouldn't let me do anything because in the end I had to graduate first 
before I was able to do a match, before I was able to go Monday through Friday to train, before anything. So I was kind of under his wing right in the beginning of what I was able to do and what I was allowed to do at the time. But now that I'm graduated, I'm taking on bookings, I'm I'm going to places to train and see how other people train, and I'm trying to gain as much knowledge as I can right now. Um, and just a lot of opportunities are being thrown my way, and I didn't know it was going to be happening this fast, but I'm ready for anything that's thrown my way, and I can't wait to really get my, my feet in the ground in this business, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to following your career as well. Um, you also worked in the ring with AJ Styles, too. <laughs> yeah, so back when my dad was signed to TNA at the time, I think I was about 13, 14. Um, yeah, but I would just joke around and I would become friends with everybody backstage. And I'm, I'm grateful that they, they took me in as family every time. It, it, they, didn't, they didn't big league me or think that I was, oh, I'm a wrestler, I'm just going to ignore everybody, blah, blah, blah. No, like... AJ Styles was in the ring one time, and I was just—I'm just a huge fan of AJ Styles, just both personally and the way he works in the ring. I'm just—he's unbelievable, super talented, super athletic. Um, so I saw him in the ring, and I was just really admiring him, what he was doing in there, and he invited me to come into the ring. So I went in the ring, and he taught me how to do a hurricanrana, and we just kind of messed around in the ring a little bit, and then. It's just small moments like that that I'll remember for the rest of my life. It, it might have seemed so small to him, just like bringing me in there for 10 to 15 minutes. But but to me, that's, that's AJ Styles. That is just, that's huge. Not only did he treat me like family, and I know him now on a personal level, it's just, that's just so special to me because you meet so many fans and so many people out there that would die for that opportunity. And that was just a thing that I was able to do because I was, in the right place at the right right time and he's such a good guy and i can't say enough good things about him but yeah that's just a cool uh, a cool story that i'll remember for me and yeah he got to i got to wrestle with aj styles and hopefully later down in my career i'll be able to face him for real that would be awesome as well um you were also on your first tag team match with your dad what was that like to be in the ring with your dad um, there was a lot of things going into that because not only was I in the ring with my dad, um, which is very surreal in in my eyes. I was just like, what is going on? I grew up <laughs> watching my dad. I know this is his business, but now I'm getting into it and I'm allowed to share the same ring as him. And that was a really cool, that cool moment. And then on top of father-son, it's like kind of our thing. Like wrestling is our thing now. I get to go wake up and train with him every day. I get to train in the ring with him. I get to go to appearances with him, and I get to have single matches where he's in the stands watching, or actually he's backstage watching me, and then I get to get, go backstage and watch him in like the main event or something. So it's just, it's cool because he's not only my coach, he's my best friend, and now like wrestling is our thing. So when he brought up the idea that the first, time that I'd ever be in the ring would be with him, the tag team, I, I was so excited. Just the nerves were very overwhelming. So when we got there, my family made it a huge deal, um, which I was also very lucky to have, the support system. They all traveled with me and they bought me a bit, or they rented a big van and they put Austin Gunn, future pro wrestler, <laughs> blah, 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 on the side. They put my slogan and everything. They made cutout heads of me and they were just super supportive. My grandmas were there. My mom, my aunt, my uncle, my brother, his friends, and it was just a, a cool experience. And then being in there when the bell rang is just, I was so nervous. I, I didn't want to mess up. I'm a perfectionist at heart. And anything I do athletically, I'm, I want to make sure I perfect. It's just always something that's carried with me during sports like football and, and basketball and lacrosse. It's just, I've always wanted to be the best and I've always wanted to work the hardest and perfect my craft and that's coming into a new sport that yes i did grow up around it but i didn't i didn't train for it you know i would just mess around with my brother and do what i saw on tv and stuff like that but i never really trained for it so now that i'm training and understand the correct way to do things now it's just it's endless possibilities of what i can learn and i think that's what i'm most in love with it's just you're always learning in this business you get to see how other people do things so that that tag team match was just everything it was just me it was me enjoying the experience in itself 
it was me enjoying being in there with my dad and having that cool moment. And I'll remember that for the rest of my life. My first match was a tag team with my dad. And then it was just, I was also in there just trying to perfect my craft and understand how it all worked because I've never wrestled in front of a crowd before. So that on top of it, I was just super nervous, but it was such a cool experience that I'll remember forever. I bet. And then you also had your first match against Adam Rose. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I was able to see him backstage when my dad worked um, with WWE and, and I, I I got to meet him in the past or prior to that match, but I've never really sat down with him. So um, he was still kind of this 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 person. That, oh, he's a, he's a like a WWE superstar, like Adam Rose. This is so cool. I wonder what he'll think of me. Like I wonder if it like whatever. But he was oh he was he was awesome. He's such a he's so funny. He's such a nice guy. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I gave him my first frog splash. So. Um, he, he let me do that. He let me go over on him, and, and that was just awesome for him to do. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a really good guy, and I can't wait to see him down the road. That's pretty good as well. You also wear the same ring gear as your father. What does your father think about that? So, in the beginning, um, I didn't have a character. I've always grown up watching my dad. I had the same personality as my dad. I moved like my dad. Every everything just comes natural to me. But it also, ironically, has it's the same way as my dad. <laughs> so, um, as much as I don't want to be a spitting image of him, I can't really help it sometimes when it becomes um, like my athletic ability in the ring and the way I move. It's just it's just me. That's me. But it also happens to be the same way my dad does it. Um, but I've actually graduated from his ring gear because in the beginning that was just a comfortability thing. I didn't have a character and my dad didn't want me to focus too much on the character aspect of it when I was wrestling. He wanted me to just kind of take the moves as they were and just focus on the wrestling part of it rather than focusing on the personality and having that in the back of my mind as well. So I just got a brand new pair of new ring gear that caters to me and my character now. I'm going away from the the lips gimmick and all that stuff. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a spitting image of him, and I don't want to take his gimmick. I want to be my own person. So yeah, I just debuted those at that Wildcat Sports um, show I did this past Saturday. So when that video comes out, you guys will get to see my new ring gear, and I also put it on my social media. So. You guys will just have to stay tuned. That's pretty good as well. Um, I was also up in Chicago for StarCast and All In, and I was um, there watching it live at Star um, at All In as well, and I saw you in the over-the-budget Battle Royal at All In with your dad as well. What was that like to be part of that historic experience? Um, I think that was just – I think that all the emotions that I had for my first match – it all came back to me, and being so green in this business and so new, being in front of 11,000 people and also being on pay-per-view and also being on WGN that weekend, it was just, it was so overwhelming because that's such a big opportunity for someone as new as I am into this business to have, but I needed to make sure that everybody knew that I could deliver. I can show the world what I can do, and I'm not put in a position like that where I can't handle it. I was I was ready to go. I was fired up. Um, and then walking out there, you're just in the zone. And uh, that's what I did. I got in the zone. And then when I got down to the floor, I saw John Mayer front row. And I go, John Mayer. So I walked up to him because I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm already <laughs> nervous looking out at the crowd. And then I saw John Mayer. And I go, oh, my gosh, I got to go say hello. So in the before the match even started, I was I was talking to John Mayer, telling him that I was going to win the Battle Royal for him and stuff like that. So that was a cool opportunity before the match even started. And then being in there with legends, just Bubba Ray Dudley and stuff like that. And that is just, once again, it's just something I'll remember for the rest of my life, being so new, but being given that, that very rare opportunity to be part of history and something that people will be talking about for the next however so decades. It just that, that was just a cool moment. And then being out there, and being able, to, being able to share the ring with my dad during that was just cool. We had our little moment, and I helped him, and he uh, he backed me up when Bubba threw me out. It was just, I think, the, I think the crowd responded very well to it, and I'm so grateful that the crowd also responded very well to me 
um, because I didn't know what the feedback was going to be like. I didn't know if people were going to hate on me being out there and um, not not putting in my dues yet and not not thinking that I deserve that opportunity, but I'm just forever grateful to everybody that was made, like, made that happen. So um, just in general, it was very overwhelming. But once it was all said and done, I look back at it and I go, that is the coolest thing that's happened so far. So, Yeah, that is. And you were also in that same ring with another young wrestler, uh, Marco Stunt. Yes, he's so cool. I met him. I met him at that show for the first time, uh-huh. and I also I also met him at Starcast. He was signing right next to our table, and yeah, him and I were were uh, were in the yeah. We were just backstage, and we were we were sharing our thoughts, and I was getting a lot of uh, the same vibe from him. He was just super grateful to be there, and um, I don't know. I, I, that was one of the person or the people backstage that I really connected with, and I was. I was able to share my thoughts with it because I was freaking out backstage too, and I, I know my dad was sick of hearing about it. <laughs> so I got to I got to talk to Stunt for a little bit. He's just a cool guy. I can't wait to see him in the future for sure, um, and maybe have a match with him. Oh, I would love to see you get in the ring with Marco Stunt. That would be a great match to watch. Yeah, that would be very high paced. Very. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. I can't I can't wait. Yeah, that's pretty good as well too. Um, since you were uh, starting out as well, what's your ultimate goal in the future in the ring? Um, I've been asked this question before, and I, I, I always, I always get the same answer. It's just I just want to be able to have fun. I, w- I want to be able to have that feeling of jitters and excitement every single time um, I walk out of the curtain and see the crowd and how they respond and. It's always new. It's always something new. It's never bland. It's never boring. Every time I, I go out there, the match is never the same. The crowd is never the same. The energy is never the same. It's always evolving, and it's always something new. And I think that's something that I really, really enjoy because you get to go into each experience and each match and each um, promotion with just a different mindset. You're just like, okay, how is this match going to go? And you, you try to perfect it. And you try to work on your craft every single time. And it's just never-ending. You can never learn too much. And it can never get the same, like, the, like the experience the same every time. So it's just cool. And I just later down the road, I just want to be able to still have fun with it. I want to still entertain people. That's what I've been doing my entire life. And I just that's what I like doing. Um, do I want to make it to big promotions and a big company and and have that experience as well yes i do but i don't think that's my number one goal i think that will come with with my experience i think that will come with the opportunities that i'll get i think i think that will come all naturally by itself um but i think my goal deep down is just to just to be able to have fun and learn as much as i can and perfect my craft and be the best at what i can do and i I mean i have big shoes to fill in this business and I don't want to let anybody down in general, but I just want to have fun, and I think everything else will just come with it. That's pretty good as well. Good answer as well. Um, if you could change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? Um, okay, so growing up around my dad in the Attitude Era, I just noticed a lot of things about how social media has evolved and how now the fans... I don't want to bash them, but I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that that think they know everything about the business just because there's so much social media um, available to them. And I thought I did too because I before I got in the business, I was like, oh, okay, I get to see these backstage things. I understand what they're doing here. Oh, that was blah 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 blah. But I didn't truly understand what wrestling was all about until until I was a wrestler, until people's eyes were on me, until I was trying to put on the match of my life every single time I step into the ring or if I was trying to connect to fans. If I, if I could change one thing, I, I would change it back to where fans just watched it organically and just went to have a good time and not critique it and, and, not, and not try to control everything and just, and just accept it for what it, what, like, what it is. Because if you have a, a group of people in the same arena just feeding off each other and having that energy towards a match and they're just they're so locked in the match and the storytelling and all that 
it just it it changes the energy in the room a hundred percent and it's crazy because it's so organic and it's so natural that everyone's in there to have a great time they're there for the same thing and i think nowadays i think fans try to they try to they try to they try to look at it as like a coach point of view like oh he did a botch there oh i didn't really like this angle because blah like i don't know they just get too complicated and they kind of forget sometimes why they're really there and why their fans are wrestling it's just it's entertainment it's sports entertainment and you're there to watch a storyline you're you're there to maybe dress up as your favorite character and root them on in the main event or go and show your support or make your favorite sign or do your chance or do the suck it thing that people come to watch my dad do. It's just, that's what it's all about. It's just all natural. And I wish I could, I wish people would do that sometimes. I'm not saying they, they don't do it. And this is just that group of people that kind of do that. So I don't know. I think that's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Since you're part of the, um, wrestling business now as well. Um, do you think indie wrestling has been on fire ever since? I, um, well, I didn't really know much about indie wrestling um, before I got into the business, and I kind of started to only understand um, different promotions and different um, indie things maybe the past two years. So I was never really focused on indie wrestling only for the past two years, but then when I found out about All In and stuff like that, and now that I'm trying to get booked, I've really started to pay attention about what all is out there and I think I think there's a lot of indie wrestling that that's coming back that people are super super interested in um Wildcat Sports that was on fire OVW that was so much fun being there and especially all in and all them it's just that was just so much fun and it it just goes to show that you don't need to be a big company to let people have fun or let people or get people to come to your stuff it's just it's wrestling is wrestling and i think i think going back to your point i think it's on fire i think i don't know i don't have much about it and i don't i don't really know how to answer that question because i'm so still fairly new but yeah i think it's on fire for sure so what do you enjoy outside the ring when you're not training um so my schedule has kind of taken a 360 because coming out of college you uh, every time I came back from lacrosse practice and putting in those eight-hour days of going to film study, going to work out, and then going to three-hour practices, I think any college student they just go party and they try to find they try to find the social events to go to other than school and lacrosse because that was my life. It took it took over so much time. So whenever I would have that free time, I would just go hang out with friends or go to the bars next to my college campus or just have a good time. Um, and then after I graduated, I, I, I was kind of in that same mindset of, um, okay, I'll get through the week and kind of train. And then on the weekends, I'll, I'll go out downtown and hang out with my friends and do what they're doing. And I, I've kind of, I've taken a 360 because me and my dad kind of sat down and discussed what I really want out of this business and what it's going to take. And it just my, the schedule that I was on, it was about 75% there. My mindset was 75% there. My, um, my my physical, just everything physically was 75% there. And I knew it too, but I didn't know what the right steps to get out of that mindset and really take this business and everything, my lifestyle-wise, 100% into it. So I stopped going out, and I kind of just maintained waking up and going to work out with my dad every single day. And then when I come back, my job is to put the right nutrients in my body and eat the right way. And then um, on days that I have wrestling, I need to go to wrestling and train and make sure everything's right. And then I go to physical therapy and make sure everything injury-wise is ready to go and everything's there. I just I just started seeing that drinking and stuff like that. It just... It just it's, it's, it's a setback. It doesn't allow you to grow and doesn't allow you to grow mentally or physically in it. It just holds you back. So I've really, these, this past two months, I've kind of just settled down and kind of gotten into my groove and kind of graduating from college and also graduating from that mindset and really 
putting myself 100% into everything that I'm doing. And I'm getting bookings now, and I'm, I'm training at other places now, and I don't want to get that reputation that I'm not in it 100%. So just trying to maintain that and stay with it. And That's pretty good, too, as, as well. Um, so um, when you became a pro wrestler, um, did you have a list of uh, theme songs that you were thinking that would go good with your gimmick? Um, well, I've only really developed my gimmick, um, well, I debuted my new, my new shorts at this Wildcats, and then uh, before that, I I was just asking the DJ to play something generic, something upbeat, because that's, that's me, that's me, I'm I'm very upbeat, I like to interact with the crowd a lot, I like to kind of just be out there and be my weird self. Um, so I haven't really thought of narrowing down a specific theme song. Um, so um, I've just been using the smoking guns, and I use wildcats <laughs> uh, wild, uh, wild because I thought it would be so funny. Um, and my dad pops on it every single time. So that's hilarious. For now, whenever he's there or he's with me, I always sneak it to the DJ and go, "All right, play smoking guns theme song," so I can I can go out there. So it makes him laugh, but now for for now, I mean, I'll find it eventually. Uh-huh. Um, but for right now, I'm not really too worried about it. I just asked the guy to play something very generic and upbeat. But when I find something, I'll definitely stick to it. I have to love it though. That's pretty good as well. In a ring, who's the biggest badass? You or your father? <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to give him that one because <laughs> I think I think in a lot of ways we are very similar. Um, we have the same personality. Uh, we move the same way in the ring. We're just, we're just always on the same page when it comes to being in the ring. And when he's coaching me, I already know what he's going to say. And that just makes the learning process very, uh, very easy. And I don't have to try too hard when it comes to understanding what he means. So in all the ways we are similar, I would have to say I'm the nicer one. Because I think with old age, he's getting kind of grumpy. And that's just his personality in general. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm just a nicer one. I have to say that um, I don't mind talking to people and being out there and being the nice guy, and then he kind of lays down the wall when he needs to. So I think that's the only difference. Hey, I was just curious. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when you see his bad side or when you – actually, he never has a bad side in front of people, but – when, when he comes back from the road and stuff, he gets kind of grumpy because he just wants to relax and kind of take it easy. So, yeah, I, I, I would have to give him the belt on that one. <laughs> That's pretty awesome as well. So where can everybody find you on social media and what you're going to be doing next? Okay, so I usually put everything out on Instagram and my Twitter, which is both often gun, G-U-N-N, and then I have a lot of things coming up regarding – um, training. I, I don't have many shows coming up, but I do have a little stuff coming up. So everything that I have, I will be posting on both of those. That's the main thing that I use is my Instagram and my Twitter. But I've really gotten into using my Facebook as well because I, that's a huge deal. So I'll get back on my Facebook. I just never used it. Um, but I'll get back on my Facebook. I think my... Uh, actually, I'll go in right now and change my facebook name but all social media is often gun g-u-n-n and then um and then i have my my t-shirts on pro wrestling tees.com you just have to type in austin gun i have my brand new design up there that caters to my new gear so yeah that's super exciting i can't wait to debut that shirt hopefully soon that's pretty good as well and thank you so much for taking your time coming on the show tonight no thank you so much i always have a good time doing these and I think it went really well. I think so, too. I think we had a ball. (laughs) Yeah, we had a good time. Oh, you know you did. You're probably sitting there smiling right now. (laughs) I am. I'm walking around my living room just trying to stay upbeat. Yeah, I'm having a good time. (laughs) That's pretty good. And thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Popcast. Good night. Good night.